I am so fired up. I am so far ahead of my mouth right now, so I just got to slow down. God has given me some good thoughts this morning to share, and, and just this week as I've been preparing, and, and as we're on the series, The Kingdom, just this amazing thing uh, of realizing the benefit of being called sons and daughters of the King, that we are kings and queens and anointed to be able to do everything that God has called us to do. And then when I think of just the joy of doing life with all of you, you know, the world uh, that we live in creates a culture. And, and that culture uh, demands, it doesn't mean that we're going to be obedient, but demands us to think a certain way. And if we're not careful, we begin to lean that way until one day, hopefully, that as a believer, we're in the Word of God, and bang, revelation comes. Amen. And we go, what? We've been believing, we've been deceived in those areas that now we can have freedom. Uh, this morning, I, I want to remind you that, you know, uh, as we begin a new year, you know, this is now the second Sunday of the year, and I don't know about you, but the first Sunday, everybody says, Happy New Year, you know, and, and they greet you. And there's, there's always a New Year's resolution kind of feel. But then you go into the second week, third week, and you don't hear that as much. You might hear, how's your year going, you know, so far. And hopefully it's good the first couple weeks. But as this year comes, I, I don't care if you're 100 years old. You know that as many years as you've gone, our, our, our desire as believers is again to grow in the fullness of Jesus Christ and, and to, to press on, to get a breakthrough through just life, just obstacles that are always there. That even though we live in the world, we're not of this world as believers. Can I get an amen? amen. To, to remind us of that is, is sometimes difficult if we get down into the, just the mud of life and we begin to do life things everybody else does. This morning to get a, a breakthrough through, listen, even if it's a perceived limitation or obstacle that really isn't there, but it's perceived, it's our reality, to break through that. Or even if it is a reality, even if you can sit here and try to talk me into it, Pastor, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I say, yeah, it is an obstacle. It is a real To break through those obstacles in our life. Really, if somebody said to you, how are you going to break through those obstacles in your life? Hopefully this morning, it wouldn't take you long to go, I got to change my thinking. It, it's so easy, but sometimes we make it so difficult. We say, well, you know, do I have to stand on one leg? And do I have to, you know, move my mouth a certain way? And how, how do I break through that? Do I have to go back to college? Do I have to get around the rough? All those things, listen, is to change your thinking change everything, even our destiny. That's why it's so important for us to be in the Word of God. The Word of God changes our thinking. But let me tell you, as a believer, you know as well as me that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And hearing, it's a, it's a process. It's a constant thing. You know, I get, I get it paid. I'm a pastor to study the Word of God and on Sunday. But you know what? I get revelations from things that I already knew years ago, but in a different perspective because I'm in the Word of God this week. And I go, woo! So, so if, if you tell yourself, Pastor, Pastor, I've already read that. Well, let's just start this way. Don't say that. Because changing your thinking 
The word of God changes your thinking. It changes your thinking. And all of a sudden there's a process that begins. A transformation that takes place. Now, we have talked about this before. Before I go on, I want to kind of sit this. Is because it's so important that you uh, are in experiences every week because of your choices. We, we know that, right? You, you make choices and put yourself in these experiences. And out of those experiences come your belief system. And out of that belief system, as you see, the word of God changes your thinking, and then it begins to change your emotions. And when your emotions change, you're not emotionally driven to the point. I'm not saying you're a robot. I have no emotion. No. Very, we can be, have godly emotions. But at the same time, when, when our emotions change and we're not emotionally driven, somebody says something here. Okay, let's go. You know what I mean? Emotionally driven. You're so cute. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, emotionally driven. <laughs> when we don't let our emotions drive us and dictate who we are and what we're going to do and all this stuff, then, then we, our choices change. So then we're making godly choices that put us in an experience that out of that experience of what God said over our life, not somebody else, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, let God be true and every man a now, now, not every man is a liar, but every man that says, well, I just don't know God works. Or if they take the, the, the word of God and don't mix it by faith and it doesn't come out like they think, hey, that doesn't mean God is not true. Let God be true in your life by allowing the word of God spoken over your life to be acted out, that you can see those things. Now, now this morning, if you allow this, we're going to get into a whole different thinking for some of you. And, and, and for most of you, it'll just be like, wow. God created man and woman, put them in the garden, everything that they had, everything that they wanted, everything they needed. And the enemy came and the title was the attack on the blessing of the kingdom. God provided them everything, but he came in through just like he does in our life, fear, doubt, and unbelief. Anytime that he can just get you really walking in fear or doubting that his word is in But the word of God said that from that moment on, when, when the people, Adam and Eve, were deceived, sin came into the world. The, the blessing that was there for man. Now sin and district, that is not God's perfect plan for mankind. A process immediately went into plan to send his son as the redeemer, redeeming. To redeem means to purchase back what was his already. To put it in a better state than it was previous. And if you know the word of God, the New Testament is different than the Old Testament, which is a new covenant, not the old covenant, but the New Testament is a new and better covenant than the people of old. We got a better covenant, Amen. a better agreement. Now that's a lot more exciting than you let on right there. <laughs> this morning, I want you to see, you know, because there's sometimes a paradigm of how we look at things. And sometimes it's because of someone told us something and, and through the power of suggestion, we kind of just didn't realize it, but we lined up with what they thought or what they said. And we talked about what's framing your thinking, and we'll talk about that in the future. But, but what's framing your thinking? Remember, Adam and Eve said, so we were naked and we hid. And God said, did somebody, who are you talking to? 
Who told you you were naked? In other words, who's been framing your thinking because it wasn't made me? Well, we've heard, you know, we, we know the stories in the Bible of people uh, in the Bible are used. God said they're for our example. And, and when you think about uh, kings and queens, and, and especially in the Bible, when, you, when you're thinking about the kings, there, there's the, you know, the beginning of the kingship started with Saul. And we know that Saul was not the perfect plan of God at that moment. But man wanted the king, so God said, here's a king. Now remember, he was anointed, he even prophesied. I mean, he was a godly man, but he allowed, Saul allowed, again, the things of the world to begin to distract him and lead him away from the things of God. Then, then we have David that came under him and really served in his kingdom. And when you understand the story of David, if you were here, we went through a whole series of David, that David not only was in his kingdom, but eventually Saul, because of it, David's exploits and, and what the, man, what a wonderful thing, you know, killing a giant and all the things and the women began to sing praises to David instead of Saul and Saul gets jealous, you know, the whole story. And then Saul begins to chase David for 13 years. There's a reason why David gets exalted in, in just his position. And when he becomes king, he, he looks at it all different way than Saul. And if you think about it, he pretty much looks at it a different way than any other kings. Now, now I want you to think about this. Have you ever thought, why, why did David look at it different than any other king? Now, let me give you some food for thought. Could it be that he was not raised in the palace? He, he was in a place where he was a shepherd, and then he went to the palace to serve the king. But it went along that Saul's chasing him, and they think for about 13 years he lived in every hole and cave and just to get away. 13 years. Ran for his life. There's a process, isn't there, that God brings us through. We don't, remember next time you want to be you know, promoted, remember there's a process. Look out. But I think about this, when, when you got all these guys that are distraught and they're looked at as criminals, if they were or not, you know, Saul thought of them, and they begin to gather around David. None of them had to be there. So that means they could leave at any time. That means all the things that go on with volunteers. Huh. Do you think that David maybe had to learn some skills in dealing with people? And the kings that followed him said, I'm the king. You will do what I say. Up with his head, up with his head, up with his head. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's a thought there that David, in, in working with a different perspective over the people that he ruled, was polished in a way that no other king at that time. Now, this is what's amazing to me. That the biggest picture of a worldview of a king is self-serving, isn't it? When you think of a king, when, if you thought if you were a king, you know, what, what the paradigm of a kingship is in our mind is that it's self-serving. It's all about this guy. Huh? Now, now think about that worldview. Hasn't that kind of trickled down in, in all of us? Anytime we're offended, it's because this guy was right and you were wrong. 
The, the model of a king in the, the worldview is self-seeking. It is, uh, I'm going to have an armor guard around me at all times. It, it's, it's, I'm going to have a food taster in case somebody's out there trying to poison me. Because I'm so important. You, you, you with me? Kingship, worldview. But a biblical worldview of a king was totally different that I believe that Jesus comes on the scene and goes, now, now if you're a believer, now, if you're a Christian, a Christ-like person that's following me, I'm going to set a whole new paradigm. Hello? I'm going to set a whole new paradigm. Are you listening over there, Peter? James, John? I'm, 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 I'm setting a whole other paradigm of what a king should be. And he takes the, the towel and wraps it around himself, and he, he kneels down and he begins to worship his disciples. No, he, he begins to worship his friends' feet. Let me ask you, is that a model of the world's view of a king? Can, can you just imagine? He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the creator of the universe. In the beginning was the word, Jesus. In the beginning, he was the creator. And someone says, I don't know what he's doing. He's not a king. Missed it. Now here's where we're going to go. Each believer is destined to be a king and a queen. Amen. Let me say it again. A king or a queen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We don't need any kings slash queens. All right. Amen. Jesus gives us a new perspective. The old model is me, 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 me. Write this down. As believers in the model of Jesus, we are to rule with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. Now, now look at this. Now some of you are going to have to process a minute. Continually say that just for the next few seconds of your life. I am to rule with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. It's a total paradigm shift. It's actually taking the dynamite little plunger and going boom on your old thinking of what a king is. It sets you up, listen, for something of greatness in the kingdom of God. Each one of the written acts of Jesus Christ portrays exactly that. Think about this. I kind of mentioned it last week. As a godly king, we have the ability to use the resources, and can I add the unlimited resources of the kingdom of God Amen. to help and to minister to the people that are around us? See, a, a king has a different perspective. As a king and a queen, as a king or a queen, you have a different perspective than a person of this world. If you know, even the model of a king, you know that they look at life different than anybody else as just a citizen in their nation. The king has two ways of looking at it that are, what I found is totally different. They look at a problem with a different kind of look because they have total authority. Also, they work in unlimited resources to solve the problem. 
can, can I just ask you, how do you see a problem? And as I was doing this this morning again, the Holy Spirit said, how do people in the church see the problem? But sometimes we see ourselves, first of all, as a problem, as a problem. That's why we can never get a, a revelation of the greatness of God. That's why when we say what a wonderful name Jesus is and we sing that song, people are going, pretty good, Jesus, pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's okay. He's... To get a revelation of the word of God, to begin to change our thinking, Jesus, again, the name of Jesus, who he is, he offers a salvation, redemption of where we were to where we can be. To realize that he represents prosperity in our life, which means total healness, total uh, relationships, total prosperity in our finances, wholeness of life. When, when you begin to think, Jesus, you know, what a wonderful name he is. Man, Jesus, you're awesome in my life. It's a different view. It's a different paradigm of who he is as king. So this morning, I want, I want you to see problems a different way. A biblical view of a king doesn't hear somebody in, in this day and age having a back problem and thinking, huh, wonder who's going to take care of that problem? You're up. And again, this is a process. I know some of us are going to walk out in, in weeks to come because it's, it's such a change in our life to begin to view saying, well, I, I I'll be praying for you instead of saying, let, let me take care of that right now. Can I, can I pray for you right now? As, as a king or a queen that we step up and we say, you know what? You have the flu and I and everybody else says that the world doesn't have a cure for the flu, but I know the cure. I, I made it. His name is Jesus. And what a wonderful name he is. He has. And, and what he represents is healing right now. Amen. You know, let me let me say this, and then we'll, we'll get into it. I know that you're waiting for me to preach. You've already missed it. Okay, listen. <laughs> There's some elements of, of a fatherly blessing, and, and as a king, and, and somebody anointing us. The, the title of this message this morning that I put on it is "The Anointed King." You are. There's something about even saying that all believers are kings or queens, and, and there's something about it that, that we shudder it because we, again, in the world's mind, that's so self-seeking and all that goes with But, but this morning, again, as a healthy perspective of a king and, and praying and anointing over a believer's life to be king and queen, as I've told you before, as a believer comes in and makes the commitment to Jesus Christ, receiving what Jesus did on the cross for them and, and his blood covering our sins and forgiving us of our sins that we can spend for eternity with him and love. Man, just, and, and then they go, Pastor, now what? I say, here's so important, your identity, knowing who God is and, and knowing what he says about you. Then, then I say, you know, I talk about purpose in, the, in praying over people. And then I pray about their destiny, the transformation. As we've talked about, words change your thinking, it changes your destiny. But, but here's something that, as a 
anointing prayer over your children as kings or queens in their life, I, I want to add something. And, and I just, I, I've, I've learned this, and when I heard it, I was like, And here it is. To begin realizing as a believer, unlimited resources are at our disposal. Now again, this morning you might be like, whoa. If you could teach your children that, that as they walk as believers in this world, as kings ruling and reigning in life. Now again, this morning you might be like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable. I want you to step out of the self-seeking mindset of being a king and step in to understanding that reigning in life is a godly inheritance for every believer. Okay. If you're taking notes... Go back and process it if you aren't there yet. Now, let me, let me just say this before I begin to read these passages. Realizing as a believer that the word of God is everything that we base our lives on. When God says something over our life that we, we're not familiar with, that we go, well, I haven't been working in that area or I haven't really realized that in that area. It's our choice. Again, choices will put you in a belief system or not your experiences. So in, in passages, as you know, our, our church's vision and, and our mission is to create an atmosphere of a growing, loving relationship with God and each other. That's why we have half time. That's why the greatest commandments are to love God and love your neighbor. Well, pastor, I hate that person. You're missing it. I wish I could go, well, it's okay for now. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Amen. So, so when we get that, when we're understanding that process of of transformation and loving God. There's words that are spoken like in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, uh, you know, love is kind, love is patience, love doesn't keep record of wrong, all of those things. And then it comes down and says, now these three remain. And, and it says faith, hope, and love. How many are there that remain? Three. But is there one greater than the other? Yep, because the next part says, and the greatest one is love. Each said, well, you know, I think faith is wrong. We, we line it up with the Word of God. And what the Word of God says over our life, that's what we have a choice to believe. Everybody with me on that? All right, let's go. So when you begin to hear what the kingdom of God is like, we, we line up our lives with the Word of God. So, so watch this. It, when, when the Word of God says in Romans chapter 14, it, the, the Word of God is this. Paul is talking, he says, but of righteousness, the, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Can, can you tell me the three things again? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Isn't that interesting? When you read a passage, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, a lot of times we seek all these other things and hope the kingdom of God and his righteousness falls. But see, we wrong. And, and you know, I could, I could soften it up and go, well, maybe kind of, you're kind of off track. Maybe you need to, or I could just say wrong. Think of it this way. The word of God is true. 
Yeah. So the one we walk into it, you read the passage, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A lot of times we begin to add that as, oh, and his righteousness. But really when Paul is saying that righteousness is one third of the kingdom of God, it, it could almost read this, but seek first the kingdom of God's righteousness and all these other things will be added to you as well. So, so here's what we're going to look at this morning. The measure of righteousness that is exhibited in our behavior is to the measure we reign in this life. The measure of righteousness that exhibits or that is exhibited, it's the fruit of our behavior. It's not our position, it's not our title. It's not our spiritual gifts. Those are gifts that are given by God. Those are things that, but it's our behavior. The measure of righteousness in our behavior is to the measure that we reign in this life. Again, not to rule over people, but to serve and to empower people. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself does not mean just take them over a piece of cake once a week. To love, to minister, to empower them, to love them as yourself. Excuse me. Hallelujah. Good preaching, John. Sometimes I just need a little self-encouragement. As we begin to reign in life, listen. The, 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 the passage that, that talks about the prominence of the child of God, and, and it says that nations and kings will come. Listen, that's found in Isaiah verse 16. Isaiah 16. And it goes this way. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. Don't we feel like that sometimes? Yeah. It, it, Covers them, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. See, as you're ministering, as you're empowering people through what God's word is doing in your life, all of a sudden you, you'll see the nations and kings coming up. What's up with you? What is it about you? And you go, well, it's something that my father taught me. Yeah. And I know that when we talk about righteousness and a lot of people go, whoa, 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 Pastor. Again, seeing themselves as a problem. Can, can I actually be righteous with a full measure? With a, you know, here's the good news. And again, I, I'm going to speak to you as if you have never heard this before. Is Jesus provided that for you on the cross. Amen. Now, let me, let me prove it to you because I know that Scripture verse, Pastor, Scripture verse. I don't want just opinion. You're with me. Listen to this. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Now, again, get on your detective mind so that you're going to figure this out as I read it. And don't get lost in it and go, amen. I don't know what he said, but amen. Okay? Figure it out. Listen. For if by the trespasses of one man, now, who's the one man? Adam in the garden. For 
if by the trespasses of one man, death reigned through one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Listen, consequence, if you go down to verse 18, it says, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Can, can you say it this way? Death was released by Adam and him sinning. But here's the good news. Reigning and life for all No, because of what Jesus did on the cross... We all qualify. Amen. I think I get a little bit bigger amen on the side that I said. Again, this is not around your giftedness or your position or your title. It starts with how we manage our inside self, how I think about myself. Amen. Afford one thought in my cranium that is different than how God sees me. Amen. Amen. Can, can I tell you that's easy to say, but not easy to do for us? But but we're gonna we're gonna work on that right now. It, it's it's God's thinking that I have to have about me. And it's God's thinking that I got to have about money, relationships, family, my time as being a good steward over it, all those areas. I've got to have God's thinking. Oh, Pastor, I, I think that, you know, having a free will, I, I need to have an opinion. Yeah, you're free to have an opinion. I had an opinion. It just didn't work out. <laughs> it's going to be up to you if you choose the way of the Lord. And I, let me tell you, I could, I could stand up people from here until you couldn't see them anymore in a line of people that said, I tried it my way. The song, I did it my way. It didn't work. You don't ever hear Frank Sinatra, I did it my way and it ended up terrible. So, so. If we get to the point that we all agree to walk in righteousness is going to be the measure of how we reign in this world, what robs us from being able to do that? Now, now don't yell it out, because we are so. But anyway, just think about it for a minute. What robs the believer, the son of God, or the daughter of God, of actually realizing that we can be kings or queens in this world? Here's what I said last week that, you know, somebody said, ooh, yeah. Listen to this. These are the four things that brought people. I think I gave you three, but guilt, shame, regret, and bitterness. And we, we could add more, but guilt, shame, regret, and bitterness. Guilt, shame, regret, and bitterness. There's things that go on in our lives of regret, shame, Bitterness and regret that cause our physical body to suffer. We know that, right? There's all kinds of illnesses and sicknesses that follow that. But our identification has to be locked up in God's perspective of our lives 
not somebody else's perspective. Now, now what does all of those four things have in common? Think about it. Guilt, shame, regret, and bitterness. Can, can I make an emphasis that everybody's mentally alert right now? Hello? Yeah. Everybody here? Yeah. What are those four things? What do they have in common? Guilt, shame, regret, and bitterness. They all deal with our past. Now, this is going to free you up. Just like if someone lets you out of prison this morning when you leave here, if you'll get this. In the next few minutes, listen to this. The passage of scripture, there's two scriptures that I could, I'm going to mention just again to give you. Pastor, that's good, but is that in the Bible or is that just one place? It's in Romans and also 1 Corinthians. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 is the wonderful passage about our identity. And I love when I read the word of God and it speaks to me because, do, don't we? All you got to have is the older you get, a little crick in your back and you go, God, you got to watch out. You're throwing up for some sickness and you're going, I got sin in my life and God's stroke. That's what history does. We know that people all through history have blamed God for anything that goes wrong. We have circumstances that tell us who we are and we have to allow God to be true in every man alive. We can say in every circumstance alive. If it doesn't line up with the word of God. So here again, listen to this. In Romans chapter 8, wonderful passage of identity, more than conquerors, that you kind of know where we are. If you know where, if you've read the Bible, it says, What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I, like, I kind of like, who? You know, the kind of the New York uh, attack. Who? Who can be against us? You got a problem? You looking at me? That's what it said. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Now, this morning you might be like, oh, that's a little much, Pastor. I don't know if I can accept that. Allow God's word to heal your life. Listen, not in all things we are more than conquerors. Now, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, ready? That's what men of God, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, says. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height or death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if, if you're playing detective, did, did anybody find something in there that was missing? Kind of why did he leave that out? I'll, I'll go to the next passage and we'll do something similar. It says this. Again, so then, in 1 Corinthians 3, 21, so then, no more boasting about all these human leaders, because some of them are saying, that's this, I'm that, and this. How would you think about Apollos? What about so, all this? He says, it's more than them, whether Paul or Apollos, or the world, listen, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours. And you are in Christ, and Christ is of God. And so today we're talking about changing our thinking, which again allows you to think like Jesus. So get ready. Here's big revelation. Now, again, it's going to be as you process it, it becomes firsthand revelation and not just hearing it as secondhand revelation from the pastor. The first passage, again, says neither 
the present nor the future. The second passage again says the present or the future. Anybody thinking of something that's left out? Our past. Now, when you, when you read that, you go, what, what? Why isn't the past mine? Are you with me? Are you going? Are you tracking? Because you don't own the past anymore. Amen. Jesus paid for it, bought it with his blood, and it's not yours or mine anymore. I, I bought a little blue car, and, and I, 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 the lady that I bought it from had it in her garage, and I told her, and I drove it, and she could only find one key. And, and I found out that those crazy keys with the computer chip are 400 and some dollars. Wow. So it didn't take much for me to call her. Hey, you think you could look for that other key? Yeah. And, and she found it and she made a big decision because she sent it to me. Now watch this. If she's looking around and she finds a key and she goes, and I look out one day and I see my car driving off because she found the key. What? <laughs> Would that not be insane? That car doesn't belong to her anymore. I bought it. Do, do you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of us that get, in, get into the mode that we, we're, we're, again, taking our past. We own it. And it robs us. It cripples us. You don't own it anymore. Guilt, shame, regret, bitterness. The, the, let me say this. That it cripples the believer in their identity. And the cripple can be healed as they receive God's view. Amen. It, again, it, it might be a different view of what you've seen. But learning to reign in this life begins right there. Of realizing that your past is not yours. And here's, as pastors and, and believers, at, point, at the point of salvation, that should be taught. But so many times it is so contrast to the, you know, it's so different than the world that we live in that we can't receive it. We're like, yeah. And then we go out and we carry our past with us wherever we go. And the regret, the shame, the guilt, the bitterness of the past keeps us from again advancing as we're talking about this year. 2018, a breakthrough in our life. Here's what I found out too of believers that will carry that around and not believe that God owns it. It's not you. You will open yourself up for deception. Because the condition that you remember about the past, it is not that way now. Now, let me explain. The way that you remembered is all the nastiness and all that, but to realize that as God bought it, as he paid for it with his own blood, it cannot be used against us. It can only be used on our behalf. There's a lot of people that have a powerful testimony that they're able to help and empower other people just because now they walk in the freedom that God has taken and purchased their lives. All the energy that was going to be used, so to speak, against that sin to bring justice 
Jesus stood in front of, purchased it to make it just to then put all the energy towards the enemy forces and the darkness that influence or tries to influence you. talk about this in the weeks to come. But, but in ruling in this life, in reigning in this life as a king or a queen, th there's things that we have a different perspective. As I said earlier, say, like for money, it, it doesn't rule over us. If we allow, you know this morning, I, I've got some money here and, and I got it because I'm going to buy some Girl Scout cookies in, in service. But so, there, there's there's a uh, $10 here. And, and when you think about it this way, it's a whole different way of thinking that this does not reign over me. That if, it, if I allow it, it becomes a master to me. But these $10 are just like 10. I'm the general. I decide where these go. Now, now hear me on this. I can use this $10 to, to tithe. If, if this is my tithe, I, I can use it to give to... Uh, the most, you know, that you can think, orphanages, orphans, and hundreds. I, I can, I, I can use it to pay my bills. I, I can use it to buy a cookie, a Girl Scout cookie. I can use it to buy diamond rings in my life. Maybe not ten dollars. <laughs> you guys were already there, weren't you? You're cooking. <laughs> Back in the pocket all now. <laughs> I'm going to give you real quick. We're, we're going to just march through this. Three things that, that as a king, you can, again, that show who you are. First, generosity. Contentment. Remember, contentment isn't your absence or the absence to want more or need more, or all that, is your ability not to allow the need or the present circumstances to determine your happiness. I know some of you didn't have your pens ready, so here it goes again. Contentment isn't your absence to want more, your absence. It's not that you might need more and contentment. Contentment comes down to your ability not to allow the present circumstances that you're in right now to dictate your happiness. And then the third one that I've got is the quality or the excellence of the purchases that you make. Again, what you buy a lot of times will determine or tell the story of who you are. What you invest your money in, how wise investments. I learned some of the hard ways and I realized that your money can work for you or you can work for your money all the days of your life. You might have a lot of Starbucks that gave you initial boo where you can save all those Starbucks up and have an investment that's going to make you money. But if you have enough money, have a little Starbucks on the side. <laughs> Listen to this. 
reason why we're in this series is to realize when you are reigning in this earth, it is the ability to allow nations and kings to come to your life because something's happening. But it also, it also allows your neighbor to come over and go, hey, do you have a minute? And the neighbor says, why does your children treat you with so much respect? What is it about you that you can handle the pressure that no, nobody I know handles? about you that I'm sorry to take up your time am I asking too much no 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 no. go ahead well what is it about you that it just seems like just over the fence there, there's a whole different world than on my side of that and at that moment as a king or a queen in the kingdom of God you're able to allow them to taste and see that God is just like what you've experienced in your life. Just what you are experiencing on a daily basis in your life. Now, now listen to this. And again, in the, in the Bible, it says that our inheritance, it says that God's blessing is in the city, it's in the country. God's blessings on children, your crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the cattle of your herd, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessings on the baskets and the bread bowls, blessings in your coming in, your blessings in your going out. I mean, blessings are all, blessings will come and overtake you. And right now, listen to me, don't, don't say, well, that's not working in my life. Here, here's the thing is, it's part of your inheritance. And you might not be experiencing it, because you might not even know it was yours. But today's a new day. Yeah. And when we preach message and we talk about looking and longing and expecting the blessings of God to come in your life, as Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, all of a sudden that doesn't sound so crazy. As somebody that looks out the drapes and wonders when the friends coming to pick them up because they said they'll be there about six months, you, you begin to look, long, and expect the blessings of God in your life. Oh, there's good news right there. You're looking at it with a whole different perspective. This morning, as, as I was talking this morning, uh, uh, Sherry Davis came up and said, does anybody need a job? Well, hello, Miss Queen. <laughs> Empowering and helping other people. There's three jobs that are available, and, and she, she wants to present them. If anybody needs them, Sherry is sitting in the back row right here in this section. See her after church. Well, Pastor, I don't know her. Well, you will today. <laughs> You're in need of a job. That, that's what I'm talking about, empowering, ministering, making available, resources, solving the problem. If, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you some processing passages real quick. Simple as Colossians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4. Say it with me. Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4. If you have any questions on that, call me, email me, text me. Call anybody now. We all know it. Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4. All you have to do, read that slowly, 
process it with the paradigm that you heard today and allow God's Holy Spirit to speak over your life. Let's pray. Father, today we are so blessed that God, that your blessing is upon us, your anointing to serve and to rule and to reign in this life, to be a, a ministry to people, to empower them. God, we have unlimited resources to do everything that you called us to do. Father, we love you. We thank you. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.